Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Called to be faith-filled, big-thinking believers, we don't want to insult God with small thinking and safe living. Just let that sink in for a minute. We're called to be faith-filled, big-thinking believers. And it is an insult to God if we have small thinking and safe living. We're not designed to live in comfort and safety. We're designed to live on the edge. We're designed to expand the borders of our territory. And by the way, have a look at the um, mission photos and things that are happening around the world at the end of the service. Just so that whole expanding of the vision up there, there'll be some more stuff that goes up there in the next coming months. And that's up there every month if you want to actually have a look at some of the stuff that Faith Point are involved with. We started this church with nothing, with a handful of people and a word from God. And, uh, and we left, I left the comfort and environment of the mega church, left, um, both my wife and I had full-time salaries, we went from that to zero. And we had to trust God by stepping out on a word that this was what his plan was for our lives. And so we were asking the Lord, what's the name that you want this church to be called? And the name Faith Point came to me in a time of prayer. And I said, what's that all about, Lord? And he said, I want this church to be a point where faith, where people find faith and where people can step out on the plank and begin to exercise a life of faith because the just are called to live by faith. Amen. That's, that's our motor that runs every believer. We're called to live a life of faith. And the Bible says, don't, don't tell me about your faith. Show me your faith. Let your faith be demonstrated by the way that you live your lives. So people that come to Faith Point, we want to demonstrate a life of faith and living by faith. And that's probably the core that we have. This church was started by an encounter we had with an absolute stranger who walked up to us. We prayed at 11 a.m. in the morning and asked God for a word that Monday we would resign our roles and step out into faith and plant a new church. Could he confirm it? He sent a random, total stranger, a prophet from God who walked up to us in a busy mall, tapped us on the shoulder and said, excuse me, you both Christians, I have a word from God for you. And he said, here's the word. Now this is 3 p.m. in the afternoon. I prayed at 11 a.m. in the morning. And I said, God, you've got to confirm this, this step that we're taking in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. I want to operate under biblical principles here. And he came up and he said, you've been asking God for a word of confirmation of whether the next step that you take in your lives is from him or whether it's from you. And he wants to let you to know today that you've been taking small steps of faith and you've, you're about to take a giant leap of faith. And God wants to tell you that this is from him and that the walk that you're about to walk into, you'll be sure, steady and stable There'll be nothing shaky about it because God is with you and He's ordained your steps. And then the Holy Spirit hit us and we began to shake and weep under the power of God. 
right there on the street. People walking all around us as we encountered a word from God. And we're going to discover this morning that's how faith works. That's how faith works. Faith comes by hearing and hearing a word from God. And then that that energizes your spirit, man. Your Christian walk comes alive as it's done with Helen as she stepped out to go to Romania, not even having last minute instructions as she's landing in the plane. Did you catch that this morning? She's praying all the time, God, tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Until you land at the airport. Because often that's how God works because He doesn't want us to get in the way. And often we overthink things so that we no longer operate on faith, but we operate on reason and logic. And reason and logic will often kill faith and the life of faith so that you end up operating back in the safety and comfort zone of your life instead of trusting the one who's called you and made you. Amen? So what is faith? Well, Hebrews 11:1 one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. That means substance, another word for substance, substance is assurance or utmost confidence. Faith is having the utmost confidence that the things that you're hoping for are real and will come to pass even though you haven't yet seen them with your physical eyes or heard them with your physical ears. So when you have faith, you have substance and assurance and an inner confidence in your spirit. That's what faith is. That's how you can recognize that you've got faith. You might have, you might, may have very little everything else, but if you've got faith, that's all you need because faith is the umbilical cord that connects you to the living God. And if you're connected to the living God, that's all you need to know because when He's walking with you, you will have everything you need in order to do what He's asked you to do. So when you have that, suddenly it's amazing. There's an inner conviction. Suddenly you can believe. Suddenly you can see things that you could never see before. Suddenly there's possibility thinking that enters into your mind where before it was all negativity and it was all clouded with, you know, bad thinking and, and, and limited thinking. And all of a sudden that lifts off. When you have faith, you can believe for what it is that God's asked you to do. Can I hear an amen? You know, you no longer feel disempowered. Faith empowers you. It empowers your life. All of a sudden, it's not whether someone's going to do something for me in order to help me do something. Faith causes you to actually believe that whatever it is that God's laid on your heart to do, you can do it. With You can do it and you know that all of heaven is behind you because faith is present. An inner conviction. Your spirit man all of a sudden is awake and alive and you're able to actually move forward in your life. So why is faith so essential? Well, Hebrews 11, 6, five verses forward from Hebrews 11, 1, says, without faith, it is, let's say it again, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible. That's why living a life of faith is the way to be a God pleaser. You want to be a man pleaser or a God pleaser? The life of living a God pleaser 
is getting faith operating within your life and stepping out into a realm where it may be uncomfortable, where it may be difficult for us for us for a season, but where you begin to see the manifestation of your father working with you and alongside of you in your life to change lives. Faith is given to you to change lives to see people's hearts open for the gospel. You wouldn't believe some of the people we've seen come to faith over the years. When they've come to faith, people won't believe they've come to faith. They just don't believe it's possible that this person could ever become a Christian or turn another leaf or turn a new leaf in their life because they're so, you know, whatever it is, the picture that they've got of them. But friends, I want to tell you that nothing is impossible to them who believe, to believe. Living a life of belief changes things. You know, Romans 1 says, the just shall live by faith. And back in the 1500s, a monk by the name of Martin Luther read this in his Bible. These words jumped off the page when he realized that the high church that they were experiencing, when it was only the pastors and the priests that could ever do anything from God, the rest of the people were there just to listen to them he realized that every single person could live an exciting life by just simply exercising faith in the living God. So those who have been justified, those who have been put in right position uh, with God, they can now live an existence where they're living from faith to faith, where they can begin to experience God in a daily way within their life. And so, you know, just as, just as the human body needs water, we need faith. You know, you, you, can go, you can go without food for quite a long time, but you can really only go without water for three or four days, and you're a goner. And really, your Christian life, if you're, not, if you're not living your life by faith, by trusting in God, by having that inner confidence, then this is what happens is you slowly begin to die on the inside. Because you're not, you're no longer exercising. If you don't exercise your muscles, then they become flabby and soft. Your muscles become defined and larger through resistance training. Putting some weight and putting some resistance against them, they will grow. If you're never exercising faith, you have flabby faith. And your inward Christian life will begin to slowly ebb out of you until you're one of those Christians that you, that you often judged other people in the pews about. Oh, they're doing nothing for God. They're just, you know, doing their duty, coming to church, paying their tithes, and then they just live how they want for the next six days of the week. You don't want to be a Christian like that. Jesus gave his life for you to live every day by faith. The just shall live by faith. And so when we begin to live by faith, this is what happens. God begins to challenge our thinking. He begins to ask us, what view, James, do you have about me? How big do you really think I am? Because the view that you have of me becomes a mindset. And if you don't have the biblical view of who I really am, then you're always going to limit the way you live your life through the mindset. Your mindset will then become a limiting factor and a filter on what is possible and what's not. As a man or a woman thinks in their heart, so they are. So your mindset 
the thoughts that you have about what God can and can't do this morning will determine the altitude of how high God can take you in this life of faith. We're called to be faith-filled, big-thinking believers. We don't want to insult God with small thinking and safe living. Wow. I reckon that's a tremendous value that we have in the life of this church. And I can't believe already in three years how many lives have been impacted through this small church that we have here. And it's not going to remain small forever, friends. Because I'm starting to hear testimony after testimony from your lives about how you're beginning to influence people in this city. And I can't wait to see how far that's and how fast that's going to begin to grow as you begin. So what determines our thinking in regard to the size of our faith? Well, it's all about trustworthiness. And so if we have a look at this plane here, I want to ask you, would you ride in that? Would you ride in that? Some of you probably would because you'd like to go on a bit of an adventure. But I look at that plane and many people these days with what's happening with global travel, they will look up on the safety rating of an airline before they book their tickets. They want to find out how many accidents has this airline really had? Because when I book my ticket, I want to make sure I get to the other end. Amen? And so... So what are they looking for? They're looking for the trustworthiness and the reputation of the airline they booked their ticket with. And this is exactly how faith works. You'll never book a ticket of, of a life of adventure in faith if you truly don't understand and trust the source of your faith. So you need to understand today that the God of the Bible is a God who's present everywhere, who's all-knowing, who's completely 100% reliable, who every promise in Him is yes and amen. He neither fails, He neither slumbers, He neither sleeps. He's a God that's present everywhere at once at all times. He's a a God that knows all things. The God that you serve is 100% reliable and trustworthy. You can bank on Him any day or night of the week and He will always come through. He will never fail you. And when you understand the character and the nature of the God you serve who saved you today, then you could begin to understand that your faith will never be misplaced by putting your trust, putting your hand in the hand of Him who stilled the waters and be able to walk a life knowing that every promise is underpinned by heaven and will be backed by heaven along with millions of angels that God sends on assignment to change the course of this world. So friends, understand today, you can be a faithful, big thinking believer because you have a big God who's totally reliable. He's always on time. Always on time. So let me, as we get into this message today, we, we want to move swiftly through this message, but I don't want to shortchange you at the same time. I want to ask you the question, why is this value so important in the current climate of the world that we live in? You know, is, is there Bible prophecy? Is there something that could indicate to us that gives us an indication of the times and the seasons that God has chosen you to be alive? 
God said to Esther in the Old Testament, for you've been born for such a time as this. I want to ask you the question today, how come you weren't born in the dark ages? How come you weren't born in the days of Palestine when Jesus was actually walking the earth? You could have been born all the, any time in history, but God has preordained you to be alive today. That you would be walking planet earth when there is an environment right now that is very hostile to Christianity. That is becoming increasingly hostile and is now creeping over from certain nations into more westernised nations like United States of America and New Zealand and Australia. Where we're beginning to see a new hostility arise to the gospel. Friends, I want to tell you, we will not have the religious freedom that we have in this country forever and ever. The devil is closing down. And the Bible, yes, the Bible gives a very clear picture of the day we're living in. I want you to open your Bibles to Isaiah 60 verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon your neighbour. No, it's risen upon you this morning. For behold, here's the prophecy. The darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and His glory will be seen upon you this morning. The Gentiles shall come to your light. Listen to that. And kings to the brightness of of your rising. This is one of the clear prophecies that indicates a global move of the Holy Spirit across every continent and every nation, because that's what the whole earth means. The whole earth, that there's coming a period in history where this planet will be literally cloaked in deep darkness, a darkness that the world has never experienced before. Read Matthew 24 and 25 when you get a chance to read about the great tribulation that Jesus prophesied about. This is very clear in Old Testament and New Testament that there is a period of history that is coming on the world where the darkness will be so dark, like a blanket covering every nation, that people are going to fear for their lives, where great fear will be spreading like a virus across the planet. But in the midst of that, God says this, I've reserved a remnant. I've reserved a people who I've called by my name. I've reserved a remnant of faith-filled, big-thinking people who are not going to insult me as a God and live in a place of comfort and safety and stability, but a people who in the midst of the deep darkness, they're going to allow my glory to come upon them and they're going to arise and shine for their light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon them. That's what God's talking about this morning. And I want to tell you, when deep darkness comes, the earth, you're going to need faith. You're going to need faith like you've never needed it before. You're going to need to allow the Holy Spirit to trim those wicks that He was talking about this morning. You don't want to be giving off a smoky flame. You want to burn bright and clear for Jesus Christ. And so let the glory of the Lord rise on the church of Jesus. You know, we're seeing an explosion of demonic activity almost weekly now around the world. And friends, if you're looking at through natural eyes, it is a very scary time to be alive. But biblically, it's the most exciting time to ever be alive because there's never, ever been in the history of the world a global revival. And God is saying, there's one coming. There's one coming. 
The question is, are you going to be an observer or a participator? God's glory wants to come on your life in order for you to be part of the answer and the solution to this darkness that's beginning to cloak the earth and to be a breakthrough believer that's living their life for Jesus Christ. You know, when Brexit happened last week, it threw the stock market, it threw the global economy into an absolute mess. Some of you are KiwiSaver. If you check the balance, it dropped considerably. Uh, if you're in KiwiSaver because of money that's been invested in overseas markets. And so we're going to see more and more upsets like this beginning to happen because uh, the Bible declares that global stability will become very unstable in this end time darkness that's coming on the planet. And if there's one way to get to a person's life, it's through their pocket. God often gets the attention of westernized nations if they think they're going broke. Or through terrorist activities. Did you know that every church in America after 9-11 was full to overflowing the following Sunday? Did you realize that? That even the smallest little white country churches way down in the middle of the boondocks were overflowing with people as fear drove them to seek out the Saviour. And so I want to tell you, the global environment that we're living is perfectly poised and positioned for big thinking, faithful believers to begin to do the works of Jesus. Jesus said, if you believe in me, then you'll do greater works than I have already done. So I want to tell you, friends, we're in for a very exciting ride as long as you are not limited, small thinking, living in the safety and the comfort zone of your life. You need to step out on the edge and begin to trust God with your finance, trust God with your words, trust God with your workplace and see what God can do through you. Lee, how old are you? Lee is 76. She came to me so excited this morning. You know why? Because she went out on the streets witnessing about Jesus yesterday downtown in Henderson. Her and her best mate decided we can't sit here any longer. We've got to go and tell people about Jesus. And you know what happens? They ran into a guy who's just got out of prison and his, and his missus had an incredibly crooked back. They said, do you need healing? They said, oh, you've been moaning about it all day, all day. They simply, she said she was shocked. She simply laid hands and instantly there was a healing and a miracle and the, and the pain completely disappeared. What's more, they were backslidden Christians and they said to her face, this is a divine appointment from God. Now she's 76. What's your excuse? <laughs> you know, street witnessing may not be your thing. But I want to tell you what, it's not hard to lay hands on somebody and say, be healed in Jesus' name. When you've got faith that's alive in your heart, I want to tell you, you can't help but offer to pray for people, share your testimony with people, do something that's going to get you out of the box and break into a break, break, breakthrough life. i got three things, and I'm not going to spend long on this, but I, I need to share them with you this morning. Three things about faith. The first thing that you need to know is that when you have faith, you can overcome anything. I want to tell you that. How many of you have ever read Brother Yun's testimony, The Heavenly Man? 
Some of you may have read that. Okay. It is the life of a Chinese brother in China in the underground church who for most of his life has suffered torture and imprisonment for no crime except the fact that he's a follower of Jesus. And he still has overcome and seen God do incredible miracles, including completely walking out of a prison free when he was in a high security prison and God said, walk, don't stop. And he walked out of a maximum security prison. He just kept walking. Nobody saw him. And he walked straight out through the front gates, front gates into freedom. Because when you have faith, you can overcome anything. And here's what the Word of God says, 1 John 5, 4, which is actually one of my favorite verses. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith. Faith will cause you to be able to face any obstacle in your life. And not remain in a, in a submitted posture of surrender to that thing, but to be able to rise up against it and to be able to say, my God is big. My God can do the impossible in the name of Jesus. Faith always finds a way forward. It doesn't hide under a rock and it causes you to always come out as a victor, not a victim. That's what faith will do. It'll break a victim mentality around about. And I say that sincerely because I understand after years of pastoring that there are genuine Christians who have been victimized, some in very violent and horrible ways. But I want to tell you something. God can turn that over and take you out of victimhood into a life of victory because whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So number one this morning is that uh, your faith will help you to overcome the world. What else do we need to know about faith? We need to know how to get it. How do we get faith? You may be sitting here this morning and you're thinking, Flip, I feel a little bit too comfortable. I'm squirming a little bit in my seat this morning, Pastor James. So it's all very well you telling me about living a life of faith, but how do I get that faith? Well, it's very simple. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That word, word, that word is the Greek rima, the rima word, which is the spoken word. In other words, faith comes into your spirit when, you, when God speaks to you. So God may use all different avenues to speak into your life, but when He finds an avenue and you begin to receive from Him, faith comes into your life and you're able to do all those things. We were able to do what we did in starting Faith Point because we had a word from God. And because of that word, and you know, not only that, I had double backing. This walk, you will be sure, steady and unshakable. How's that for a series of encouraging words within your life? And so I've never had to worry that God would finance my family. I've never had to worry about where the next dollar's coming from because God assured me that He's got the bill, that He's going to take care of it. And that's what happens when faith comes into your spirit. There's no need to doubt when you have faith. Faith will squeeze doubt out the door and where you'll know that, hey, this is all happening, God. I'm right here with you. I'm writing point on this and I know that we're going to break through. You know, I use the illustration of John the Baptist. Jesus said he was the greatest of all the prophets in the Old Testament. 
But then he went on to say, the least of you in the kingdom of God is greater than John. What? You mean if I'm born again, I'm greater than that great prophet John? That's what Jesus said. Because he never got the chance to get born again. You did. It was before the cross. John the Baptist couldn't get born again. But he could be obedient. He could live a life being, being filled by the Spirit, with the Spirit of God coming on his life. And so Jesus said, he's an example of a great prophet. Prophets move and live by faith. Otherwise, they can't be prophets. And this is what happens in Luke 3. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Iduria and the region of Trachonitis, and Lysanias tetrarch of Abilene. Phew, there's a mouthful right there. Listen to this. Verse 2. While Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John. The word of God came came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. Verse 3, and he went. The Word of God came, and he went. The Word of God came, and he went. When the Word of God comes into your life, you can go places that you never thought you could ever go before. And John, uh, historians say that the estimated crowds that John the Baptist preached to in ancient literature, where 100,000 people came out of the surrounding area to listen to this man preach. Do you know why he preached? Do you know why he could live the life of wearing camel suit every day as he went to work, put on his camel suit and uh, ate his locusts and his honey? Good diet material, locusts and honey. John was able to go out in the middle of nowhere with no PA system, no amplification, and to preach to 100,000 people in the wilderness. Do you know why? Because faith had come into his heart. Why? Because a word came to him. I want to ask you something today. The word found John. The word found an address. The word found a heart that it could come and rest in. Does God know your address this morning? Hello. Does God know your address? In other words, are you closed or are you open to receiving a word from God today. If God were to put a word in your heart, would it find lodgment? If He was to post a letter in your mailbox today, would you receive it and would you open it and would you act on it? Because that's exactly what happened. So while Caesar was Caesaring and Pilate was piloting and Herod was tetrarching, John was moving by faith because the word came to John and he went. And thirdly and finally today is simply this. The last thing is that when you have faith, it has a voice. Faith speaks. When faith comes into your life, all of a sudden, you become a weapon of mass destruction against the works of darkness because you now hold faith within your hearts. We heard the prophetic word from Melanie today, that one of the signs that you're moving ahead in your life is that you'll attract opposition into your life. But the word came, no weapon formed against you will prosper. 
No weapon formed against you will prosper. And this is what happens when faith is in your heart. Faith all of a sudden has a voice and you can begin to declare and make bold declarations into the spiritual realm. You can begin to proclaim the word of truth because faith is in your heart. And those things, those declarations, because they're filled with God's word, not your word. His words are spirit and their life. And when you begin to proclaim words of faith, their spirit and their life, and they begin to change the atmosphere that you're dwelling in, and they begin to bring and birth something for the power of God to begin to explode into. Words are containers. There's death and life in the power of the tongue. Words are containers of spirit life. So when you speak a word, you either speaking life or you're speaking death. Most of us know what the feeling is to have death spoken over our lives. That horrible feeling when someone speaks to you. Words of negativity and death over your life. And, and, and this morning the Lord's saying to us, don't worry about that. You're called to be faithful, big thinking believers. Which means, that, which means that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. And when that sort of thing begins to happen, because faith is in your heart, all of a sudden you'll have a voice. And it's very simple. The Word came to John, he went, and then it says, and he preached. Faith came, he went, he acted on it, and then he all of a sudden, because faith was present, he had a voice, he had something to say. You know, I never want to get up here on Sundays because I'm the pastor, I have to say something. I want to get up here because I've got something to say. And there's a big difference between the two. And you can only get up here to have something to say if faith is in my heart and I've received something from God that I can impart to the people. That's the call of every preacher from the Word of God is to be dwelling in the Word, in the presence, to receive something from the Lord that I can pass on to you that when I speak it, the words aren't going to go, Ooh, but they're going to go straight into your hearts because the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides between soulish thoughts and spiritual thoughts. It, it's the discerner of the very heart and the very intents of your heart. So when the word comes and it's from God, it cuts straight through the heart. And you know, whoa, God is speaking to me. So will you let that word lodge today in your hearts? Will you rise to the occasion and become a big thinker?